if I were to fall anywhere on the Roger David fight, you're going Roger. I'm definitely David. Really? I am David. A hundred percent. I am on David's side. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. We have we have officially closed the door on 2020. We nailed it shut. Oh, whoa, with the big nails, like the yeah. like the roofing nails, yeah, drowned it out. Yeah, we definitely the worst death possible. Mm. Yeah, and so yeah. I, what better way to start 2021 than with a beer that has a cork that you can't open? Oh, here we go. It's gonna pop. It is oh, gonna. God. It's oh, gonna go. Ready? Right here, wait. Three, two, one. Put a hole in the ceiling. Come on. He's almost there. Here oh, it goes. Here uh, it goes. Uh, here it goes. Oh. oh, there it is. And it didn't spill. No, yet. not at all. Good job. Oh, man. It just <laughs> smells like raspberries. I can see the cork is a little red on the bottom. For a beer for for a beer that I bought three years ago, and no better way to celebrate a new year's worth of a beer with Atlas right. than to talk about one, one of my, my favorite band. But then a, a a band that we have talked about doing a podcast episode about for better part of a year, right? Yeah. yeah. At least. So Beachwood Barbecue Brewing and Blendery from Long Beach, Colorado, produced a beer called Careful With That Raspberry Eugene in 2017. So three, four years ago. I'm sorry, four years ago. It has been, it's a sour. It's a raspberry sour, Belgian style sour. That has been in the back of my fridge for four years now. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> That's the perfect time to drink it. Right? Hmm. So so it's barbecue, brewery, Beachwood Blendery, mm-hmm. Long Beach what, California? Long Beach, California. All right. Home of Snoop Dogg, right? Long Beach? Yep. LBC. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I remember seeing that on some music videos. Yeah. Now, I know you did a little bit of research about the Beachwood Brewery. I actually I went to their website first, and I thought, you know what, my brew, my research is something completely different. I want to talk about the band. I want to talk about Pink Floyd. We kind of yeah. did a Freaky Friday, yeah, a little bit, a little now, bit. We might cross paths or cross streams a little, <laughs> but I'll I'll get out of your way. I did see one of their catchphrases because you know I love these on the oh, website. Yeah. Is where the fork meets the pork. Oh, that's good. I like that. That'd be <laughs> good. Good on a T-shirt for yeah. sure. All right, well, let's see here. Brewery, what do we got? Beachwood Long Beach Brew Pub. I'm a person that likes to eat food. Yep. And if I'm at a brewery that's got food, Mm -hmm. I want to know about it. Yeah. So what I did was wrote down... Oh, you hear that? Mm. That's like ASMR. (laughs) Love it. Um, Glad I didn't wear sweatpants today. Anyway, um, appetizers... I wrote down, and then I wrote down mm-hmm. some main meals. But this is what you can get here. They have something called smothered fries, which I guess is probably maybe like poutine. Mm-hmm. They have fried pickles. They have deviled eggs, barbecue, chicken nachos. And this n- is my place. <laughs> not from 
a gas station in West Virginia. <laughs> Dang. They have smoked wings. Yeah. Then they have other things like salads, sandwiches, smoked meats. They have a fish and chips meal. They have burnt-in chili. No. Yeah, which sounds like pretty darn good. Yes. Then they have these like sides you can buy, right? So you get a meal, you need a side. Here, here's four I wrote down. Blue cheese grits. Yes. Uh, smoked asparagus, oh. which would probably be pretty darn good. Oh, man. Fried green tomatoes mm-hmm. and baked navy beans, which I've never seen oh, on a menu. Oh, gosh. Really? But I'd probably try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So they're... I mean, yeah, they're making beer, but they're also making good food in-house. That's their spot. This was worth every minute of the four years that I sat oh, on this okay. beer. I'm going I'm to smell it. Raspberry aside. It smells kind of like Love Child. It reminds me a lot of Love Child in a lot of ways, yes. That's a oh boulevard gosh. beer. Yep. Ooh, yep. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a milder version of the Meddler. From Odell. Odell, yeah. Uh huh. Mm, that's good. It's not like um, it's not overly, overly sour. sour. It's just no. tart. It's just, just got a little bit. And it's not like so overly nice. raspberry either. It's just kind of perfect. It, I bet you it mellowed so it out in mm. your fridge. I bet it did. Mm. Oh yum. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So where where do we want to go? Do you want to go with the um, uh, admission by me? Okay. I've never heard this song before Oh, in my life. Okay. Well, it's playing right now. <laughs> so what I thought maybe we could do in real time, mm-hmm. we can have to pause this if we have to, Yep. is play it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it. Or just enough of it that we don't get hit with yeah. the copyright violation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have to record what we're listening sure. to at this point in time, but I kind of want to hear the song. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it on purpose because I, I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. come into it blind. Here you go. The song came out December 17th, 1968. Mm-hmm. It's an instrumental. Hmm. But there are some vocals, but not really lyrics. Right. Because there's like some screaming, from what I understand in my research, or yelling uh, maybe. More yelling, yes. B-side to the single, Point Me at the Sky. Mm-hmm. I wrote this word down. Explain it to me. Uma Guma? Uma Guma. Yeah. The, Is that an the album, album that came on? 1968 album, yes. Uh, I am now 42 years old, Okay. and I have had a very firm, nothing pre-Dark Side stance for Pink Floyd. That is a very common... Yes. That's probably why I have it. Absolutely. That's a very... And I am very guilty of the same thing. They're... Because they're a very different band. Sure. Pre-Dark Side. Well, with Sid Barrett... Yes. I mean, literally a crazy person. Like a schizophrenic that was in the institution, and then and then you add LSD on top of that, uh-huh. and it makes it even worse. Oh, I th- thought it would make it better. No, no. okay, <laughs> no. So it made it worse, <laughs> way worse. Like, didn't he show up one time, like in the in the studio, and then that was like the last time they saw him. He was oh. just like, "Hey, what's up?" And then like he was gone. <laughs> I've got this in in the research. Do you? Actually. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the other yeah. thing, I think it's Animals album. It has mm-hmm. a cow on it. Yeah. Every yeah. time I see that album cover, I think of Hot Shots. Is that the movie? No. What's the movie with? Um, it's in the 80s, and it's Val Kilmer, 
and then he's like a spy in Germany. You know Saint? No, it's like early. It's like a it's like a parody movie. It's like a it's like a Leslie Nielsen movie. Hot Shots. Is that what it's called? Hot Shots Part Two. No, it's not Hot Shots. Oh, my friends are gonna kill me for mm. this. God, I need to. I'll have to look it up. Okay. But there's a scene in there yep. where these guys are dressed up as a cow to get close to wherever in Germany, right? So they're in a cow costume. Okay. And they're and they're in what looks to be mud or rain boots. So it's a real cow in boots walking around, but it's supposed to be two guys in a cow costume. Okay, picture that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, a bull shows up and is feeling frisky. Oh, oh, I know. What you, yeah, I know. What Top you're secret. About. Yep, came to me. Top secret. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see the animals album cover, I think of Top Secret. And sadly, <laughs> that okay. So I was wrong. Adam Hart Mother. That's the that's the the album. That's the one. That's yes. The one. That's the one I yeah. think of. Okay. Mm-hmm. So animals is the one that has like the the like factory or something, right? And I have research on that too. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because I. I have known nothing about Pink Floyd mm. before pre Dark Side. Yeah, Dark Side is where I came on. They were kind of just finding themselves through all of that, finding as a band and and, and who they were and kind of how they existed within the, you know each each other and then. How they existed maybe in the recording studio so before that it was it re- they were just like just another how do they how do they explain it it was a i wrote it down like a, a psychedelic pop group yeah from the 60s there was a few of those yeah 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 no huh. no different than the who maybe at the time maybe just a little weirder yeah probably more weird yeah less r&b because who was r&b at this at the beginning mm-hmm. here's here's what i got for members of the band at this time okay Roger Waters. Roger, yep. I wrote him down as bass on this song. Correct. Slash screaming or hollering. Hmm? Slash whispered uh, phrases. Yes. Is what it says. Uh-huh. I don't know. I haven't heard the song. Yep. David Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Guitar. Yeah. And scat vocals. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking Cab Calloway. Very similar, but in a very white British kind of way. All right. Richard Wright. Yep. Played Hammond organ and vibraphone. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Mason. Nick Mason. Drummer. Drums. That's what I got. Four mm. piece. Yep. For this song. Yep. That I still have yet to hear in my life. But <laughs> we are hearing it now on the podcast or we've already heard it. <laughs> Chunks of it. Okay. So this song was featured in a soundtrack to a movie called Mr. Nice. Okay. It came out in 2010. And it was a British slash Spanish crime drama. Weird. So they collaborated countries to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Philip Glass did the music. Have you ever heard of his name? I've heard the name. So he's like a, I don't know, avant-garde, I guess is the word, a bad way to describe it. Instrumental uh music guy but he's kind of like a Brian Eno so he's like that sort of style okay in this movie uh, oh boy this is a name I'm going to be tough with but it's Rice or Reese R-H-Y-S Iphens Reese maybe okay Chloe Sevengy ugh yeah whatever you say her yeah from kids 
And then Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. Mm. Oh. They're in this movie. Really? And it's about a real-life dude who was a British guy in the 60s, and he was the biggest drug smuggler in the country. Hmm. He smuggled in marijuana. So, you know, people in uh, London and wherever in the 60s could listen to the Beatles records in the Stones. Yep. Stoned. That's what he did. And then he was getting over his head. He was getting busted, so he, like, just took off, ran for it. Okay. Then he got caught, so he made a deal with the FBI. He also made a deal with the mafia, because he owed them a bunch of money. (laughs) He made a deal with the IRA in Ireland, and then also MI6 in, in England. Get out. He's wanted by a whole bunch of folks, and he cuts them all deals. So he... Makes a deal. He ends up going to federal prison in Terre Haute, Indiana, which I'm pretty sure is where Jeffrey Dahmer was killed. Whoa. When he was sentenced to wow. in jail and he got killed there. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Terre Haute. Um, but this guy gets out of jail after his thing, and he becomes like maybe not a Tony Robbins type, mm-hmm. but kind of like at the end of Wolf of Wall Street yeah. where he's like, Sell me this pen, Sell Jordan Belfort. Yes. <laughs> he does that sort of thing. He goes on like on tour and talks about his exploits and like how you can do this and that and make money in 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 business and that sort of thing. Yeah. He also is a very popular guest on British TV shows, so mm-hmm. like talk shows and stuff. He would be a panel guest and talk about whatever. Um, he did like stand up comedy. He was a producer of music. Um, and then he actually was elected to parliament at one point in time. Oh. So he did time in jail for being a drug smuggler and then ends up in parliament, which probably is more fitting for the United States. But I want to say gone legit, but that's not necessarily Probably not, true, just so. truer to what he was doing. But that's from a 2010 movie, uh, an English stash Spanish movie mm-hmm. that features this song prominently. And it's about you know, their most famous drug smuggler in English hmm. history. So that's what I got for you I there. I had no idea. Cool. I had no idea. I, I, as Pink Floyd songs go, I, this is like, like you had said, it falls before the dark side of the moon. Yeah. 1971. I can't believe I, I didn't so. write this. Uh, I did. 71, 72, something like that. 71. Yep. There you go. Way more my style. Dark Side changed things, like, for music, dramatically. Yeah. So... I mean, isn't it the longest charting album of all time? 951 weeks. 18 and a half years. I mean, even Dolan was born when this was on the charts. Okay, so certified platinum 14 times. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, a couple times. Just a little bit. Yeah. 45 million copies sold. Yeah, I have... have Two copies, wow. CD and vinyl. Yeah. Uh, 2013, it was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress because it was deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Like they got to save it. In case there's a fire, it's in the vault. Um, yes. Not that every dude out there has a copy of it somewhere. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some other albums that have sold at the same level. Okay. Okay. So there can't have, be that many that have gone platinum 14 times. Thriller. Uh, Thriller actually more. Obviously, Thriller has gone platinum 33 times. Oh shit. Okay. Right. So same similar similar 14 million 14 times Journey's greatest hits that makes okay. sense yeah. okay Bruce Springsteen Born in the USA yeah Bob War- Bob Marley and the Whalers Legend mm-hmm. yeah everybody that was in college in the 90s and 2000s had to have that had that. came with their orientation pack <laughs> it was standard a, issue you yeah. got a copy of absolutely <laughs> you're not joking no no what <laughs> no. Uh, here's where it gets gross. Oh, gosh. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I mean, there's that song about Dave Coulier. I know. I, Pretty cool. Okay. I'll okay. take it. Uh, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack from the Bee Gees. Oh, there's some good songs Ooh, on there, there too, There is. Though. I guess. This is the one that disgusts me. Oh, boy. I, I am, I am, this is 16 times. This is more. Oh. This makes me just want to go buy as many, as many <laughs> copies of Dark Side as I possibly okay. can. The Black Album by Metallica. Oh. You're not a fan of the Black no, Album? No, You think they sold out really? by then? Absolutely. So what's the last good one for you? Injustice? Injustice for All. Yeah, one, the, the song One might be one of the one of the greatest songs of all time. It's pretty I good. I won't disagree with that, but I, honestly, like, I didn't like Metallica until Black. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like until Reload. Mm. <laughs> I think I just had a, I had a gag reflex. I just there. wanted to see him throw up a little oh, bit. Oh, I had a, I seriously had a just that's a the tour I saw him on. Reflex. Okay, seventeen tour. times platinum. Boston, Boston. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elton John's greatest hits. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah, he's great. <sighs> Shania Twain, come on over. Oh no, that's twenty times. That's what? wrong. Twenty. Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Um, 20 times platinum. I think I think uh, our brand team, Jamie, I bet she has like 100. Oh, at least. Oh, at sure. least. Yeah. I feel like she has that one. 18 times platinum, Garth Brooks, No Fences. This is like Thunder Rolls, at, right? I mean, is that... Friend in Low Places. Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yes. This should not surprise you, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Right? Not a fan. No. Not a fan. No. 20 times platinum, <laughs> Fleetwood Mac Rumors. You don't like Fleetwood Mac. What? I hate Fleetwood Mac. I literally. I'm about ready to walk out of here. If there there wasn't beer on the table, I'd be out of here. (laughs) Oh, man. My jaw just dropped and hit the table. How can you not? I don't like Fleetwood Mac. I just don't. I just don't. Why? Because it's too good? I don't like the. Who's the girl? Who's the girl? Which one? Christine McVie? Stevie Nicks? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. I do not like Stevie Nicks. I do not. All right. Dolan, let's not walk out of here, dude. <laughs> Solidarity, brother. All right. We're going to start our own podcast called A Couple Beers of That. <laughs> <laughs> Why Rich is Wrong. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 4, yeah, 23 times I platinum. One. Yeah, we got that one. Uh, ACDC, Back in Black. Never cared for ACDC. Mm, I was never a huge ACDC fan. 25 times platinum. The people that like ACDC used to like to beat me up. So I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of ACDC. True. Uh, not a fan of the Eagles, but Hotel California, 26. I mean, I'll, I'll oh. Yeah, that, that, that yep. means true. And then and then you get into the big boys. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, 33 times platinum. Mm-hmm. And then the Eagles' greatest hits, yep. 38 times wow. platinum. I had that. Yeah, That was my first tape I ever bought. Eagles greatest hits. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the album cover today. Yeah. Unbelievable. Plus there were great songs. Oh, yeah. 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 
I mean, everything we've talked about has been like all timers. Yeah. I noticed you didn't say like Katy Perry or <laughs> any of that stuff. The Black Album still just disgusts me. <sighs> I had that on cassette tape. Blech. Anyway, that was like so, all the all the Metallica songs I defaulted to. Yeah. It was everything Nothing else buttons. matters? Yeah, yeah. I did listen to one a lot though. That was a good so song. I will agree. One, that uh, sanitarium off of uh, 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 of uh, was it Kill 'Em All or was it Master of Puppets? Master of Puppets pulling those strings. I had a Justice for All and Just for All yes. uh, sweatshirt mm. just because of that one song. Such a good album. <laughs> All right, Pink Floyd. I discovered Pink Floyd in 1987. Okay. Why? My friend, my best friend, who I've just reconnected with now through text. He lives in New York. Um, uh, his name is John Dietrich. Okay. Uh, introduced me to The Wall. So late one mm-hmm. night, we're watching TV. So it's, it's about five years old, The Wall, at this point. Yep. And we watched it on VHS. Yeah, I had that. Yeah. Blows me away. This is also the guy that he and I watched Akira that introduced me to Japanese anime that like mm. old school legit. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is animated. Why why are they doing the things that they're doing? Kind of the same with the wall in parts. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. So, here and here's one thing that 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 has always made me angry about the perception of Pink Floyd and the perception of the music. Like you don't have to be a burnout pothead. No. To like it. All right. They get lumped in with like Grateful Dead it's for un- some reason. Yeah, yes. that is one thing I've never understood about Pink Floyd. Um why they're they're categorized as that. Well, I've I mean I've had some, let's say, friends or associates mm-hmm. that have been to Pink Floyd shows. Sure. Mm-hmm. Under the influence. Yep. And said it was a lot better. So I mean I that's probably where it comes from. I guess. Well I, don't I know. mean like, you could say that about anything. Like, sure. I mean, uh, you're yeah. like, oh, you know, you could watch the show Barney and be under the influence yeah. and think it's the but greatest. I think it's like so much greater. With Pink yeah. Floyd, they had like kind of a cool stage show, yeah, light show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing like laser light show at the planetarium as a mm-hmm. kid at Lincoln, like at the Moral Hall Museum. <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd, like that was they kind of catered to that sort of vibe. Sure. Yeah. Versus other other bands that didn't, but I, I can tell you, I have smoked pot three times in forty six years. That's not very many. Three times, <laughs> never while listening to Pink Floyd, and I never thought, man, oh, I should. If I were listening to Pink Floyd right now, it'd be so much better. Yeah, it just—it's it, one of the things that just doesn't do. It doesn't do it for me. Sure, mm. it just doesn't. It, it, There's so much going on with Pink Floyd music that mm-hmm. I feel like I. I don't want to forget. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... I don't know why... Like, you have to concentrate. Yeah. I don't know why it comes to my head, but what's the movie with John C. Riley? Uh, walk, walking, walk Hard. Walk Hard. Walk Hard. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, he's always going back, and his drummer's always like, you don't want this, man. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it makes you happier and sex better. I do want this. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. No, no you, you don't, don't. man. <laughs> yeah. The wall was first. Okay. And then I started digging back. Sure. We don't need no control. You know, Dark Side was clearly the next step after that. And then it was and then it was animals and then Wish You Were Here. And then Wish You Were Here was underrated for me. How I wish How I wish you were here. 
I wrote down a couple of quotes because if it wasn't for Sid, one being crazy, yeah, and two doing as much LSD as he could possibly jam into his pie hole, yeah, as in his in his LSD hole, yeah, right, <laughs> as much as he possibly could. That was back when it was legal, probably. Right. Yeah. Well, and it, they would never have they would they wouldn't have like sought someone else out, sure, and they wouldn't have got David David Gilmore, yeah, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have, and so a lot of those things wouldn't have happened. Uh, when they first started touring, I wrote down some of these band names because this is funny. I don't think they would have ever gotten to the point where they were now okay. if they had these band names. Their first band name was Sigma Six. <laughs> not not as cool. No. It's like a punk band or something. Or like a <laughs> We Love the Army <laughs> yes. band. Sounding. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Their next band name was Megadeths. Oh, oh interesting. Boy. Megadeths. Interesting. Like mm. it, it, mega with two G's, which is kind of weird. Mm, yeah. <laughs> then they were the ab abdabs abdabs a a b d a b s abdabs. Probably a song they wrote, right, Dolan? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the chords to the song. And then it was abdabs yep, and the yep. screaming abdabs. No. Like abacab. Yeah. By Genesis. Yeah. And then they were Leonard's Lodgers. No, I don't like that one. The Spectrum 5. That's closer to something cool. Yeah. yeah. And then they settled on the T-set. They're the T-set. The T-set, like T-E-A set. T-E-A, like, yeah, like yeah. drinking tea. Yes. They do that in England, yeah. Yeah. So the then th- th- they came to the name Pink Floyd because they realized somebody else was using the name T-set. And they're like, oh, crap, we better get something awesome. <laughs> they have no money <laughs> to to fight that legal battle, right? Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. Yeah. So they're looking in Sid Barrett actually came up with the name. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Looking in Sid's record collection, two names stuck out from his blues albums, Pink oh. Anderson and Floyd Council. Mm. Pink Floyd. That make, oh. I guess that makes sense. And that's a go. really cool name, you know. Yeah. By the way, which one's pink? That arguably, so I asked you, let's think about this yeah. ahead of time. What's your favorite Pink Floyd song? This is that's a lyric from one of probably my favorite Pink Floyd song. Hmm. Probably. Okay. We'll get to that one. Okay. Seven albums before Dark Side of the Moon. Yep. Seven. That's seven I don't know about. No. Adam Hart Mother, Amagoma. I know the names. I mean, I've read the research, I've done the stuff, but mm-hmm. I just never just never connected with me. So Dark Side of the Moon, recorded 1971, uh, focused on the pressures faced by the band and their lifestyle, dealing with mental health problems suffered by Sid Barrett. Yeah. Mm. Um, the themes of Dark Side of the Moon explore conflict, greed, time, death. Uh, it, it was. It was. Those are universal topics. Deep. You could make that album right now. Yep. Um, Time. Does it say who the pro- the producer was of that album? I did not write that down. Todd Rundgren. No. Oh. Okay. You know about Todd Rundgren? No. He's from Philadelphia. Okay. He is a producer and also a solo artist. He has songs called uh, I Just Want to Bang on My Drum All Day. Oh. He has a song I called... I Don't Want to Work. Uh-huh. That guy? Yeah. Really? That guy. He has a song that was called uh, Hello, It's Me. It's kind of like a late... <laughs> like a light light 70s am radio hit i really enjoy uh and then he has done a lot of different producing and recording but he is kind of if 
I don't know where your research goes, but if you want to dig into the whole Wizard of Oz <laughs> dark side uh-huh. connection, the connection, he's, yeah. he's somebody that's talked about it some in really? some detail. Hmm. After or before? Afterwards. Oh, after yeah. after they kind of find it out. There's a really good podcast if you're into it uh, that they do uh, with Questlove. He oh. has his own, yeah, and he has uh, Todd Rundgren on. It's like a three hmm. hour because everything that Questlove does is three hours long. But sure, there's a pretty good podcast with them on there. So here, you want a deeper music cut here? Yeah, go. One of the engineers on Dark Side of the Moon was Alan Parsons. Parsons, Alan Parsons Project. Yes, serious. One of my dad's favorite, like early '80s songs. Eye in the sky. Uh, don't answer me. Oh, I like that one too. Great song. So he loved, and the, if you remember the video, it was a like a paper video. Like the, the like the guys they're playing pool. There was the oh, man in the okay. moon. Hmm. It was it was all done with like two dimensional paper figures, which is probably what you would do back then in MTV. Yeah, I mean their that's their band song. The one of their biggest hits was the was the Tunnel Walk for Nebraska Forever. That's right. Yeah. So that's that's why most people know him here. So after the success of Dark Side of the Moon, uh, it, it, clearly they made a ton of money off of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back when you could make money selling records. Buckets. Yes. Yep. yes. Just buckets and buckets of money. Uh, Richard Wright and Roger Waters bought large houses. Nick Mason bought a bunch of cars. Yeah. Uh, and then they Drummers all... Drummers will do that. Yeah. They <laughs> all got together and they all, independent of each other, but at the same time gave money to Monty Python to produce Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's yes. awesome. Isn't that crazy? That they, That's awesome. They helped fund Monty... The, the proceeds from Dark Side of the Moon helped fund Monty Python so and the Holy Grail. George Harrison was a really big Monty Python fan. Yeah. And he funded, I think, History of Life or whatever that one was called. Mm-hmm. So the, like the studio shut it down. They said, we're not making this movie. And George Harrison's paid for the whole thing. So... Apparently, oh, there it is. Rich spilled. He spilled. Damn it. Yes. Well, we still have this streak going on the episodes. <laughs> yeah, so apparently, if, if you're a Monty Python person, you owe a lot of stuff to British rockers. <laughs> I guess so. Whoa. All right, so then, 1975. Okay. Wish You Were Here. Oh, that's the ninth studio album. Probably my favorite. How I wish, how I wish you were here. You recognize this is a cover of the two guys shaking hands uh-huh. in like the one's parking lot. One's on fire. One's yeah. on fire. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, if I had to choose, and I'm going to ask you two to choose right now, my favorite song, just in general, because it, it talks to me so much just about who I am and how I feel and, and, and just in general, it, it, just who I am to the core, uh, have a cigar. Really? Yes. There's a cool Foo Fighters cover of that. Uh, yes, there is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, there's a cool, I want to say Queensryche cover of it, too. Could be. Um, anyway, just 
the angst that they all had, which is funny because Roger Waters wrote it. Mm-hmm. And if I were to fall anywhere, and we'll get into this a little bit, if I were to fall anywhere on the Roger David fight, you're going Roger. I'm definitely David. Really? I am David. hundred <laughs> percent. I am on David's side. I'm a Roger Waters guy, so that makes sense. David actually refused to sing on parts of uh, of Have a Cigar. Yeah. Because he didn't agree with it. He didn't agree with what Roger was writing. Yeah. He didn't think it was that bad. And Roger was like, no, these guys are assholes. We I, we hate them. Yeah. And David's like, no, they're making us a lot of money. I mean, it's not you that know. bad. Yeah. But hmm. that's... At my core, well, that's one of the reasons they broke up too. A hundred percent. Why? All right. So, before we go any further, give me your favorite Pink Floyd song. <sighs> God, that's t- Dolan. You got one left. Mine's yeah. Money. Money. Get back. I'm Jack. Keep your hands off of my stack. It was one of the very first songs that. I've ever heard from Pink Floyd, um, you know, before going through all the other hits. Mm-hmm. And I know Money is one of those that's like kind of cliche, you know. Well, well, I mean, it, it was it was a radio hit. It was a radio hit, yeah. right? But the reason I like it so much is because in the bass line. Well, the bass line. Yeah, yeah that kind of that kind of hits me. But but Roger. <laughs> but the thing is, is is. In school, middle school, high school, I was in the drum line. And my biggest thing about being in the drum line was learning different time signatures. And so one of the very first songs I've heard in a different time signature, which this is in 7-4, mm-hmm. is, is Money. And I would always play that song to try to teach myself how to count outside of the regular head bob. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You know? Um just to try to make myself get better and get that first chair in drumline. Sure. You know, that was my whole goal. And so with Pink Floyd Money, I would listen to it over and over and over and over and over and over until I finally could count outside of 4-4. Mm-hmm. And it just made me better as a musician. And uh, yeah, I, I got that first chair. And thanks Pink Floyd. Yeah, thanks yeah, Pink right. Floyd. So. All right, so mine is either Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Or, surprisingly, learning to fly. Oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I grew up with that on MTV, yep. right? I remember the video. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Division Bell, I like that song quite a bit, but mm-hmm. but yeah, those are probably those would be the two I would say. And and that's where the line that's where it gets blurry because after Roger leaves, right, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge uh, there's legal battle oh, or yeah. whatever. I loved I loved the Division Bell too. Uh, High Hopes is oh. probably my second favorite song. Wow. The grass was green. Probably my second favorite. It's kind of a deep cut, really. Oh, it's when so, we it's, come to Pink Floyd, but it's the last. It's the last song on that. Sure. And, and it's just, yeah. For whatever reason, it always kind of just it, that one stuck with me. So I had the Pulse 
remember when that yes, came out? And yes. it had a, on the CD case, it had the blinking light. The flashing light. And it just finally went out about two years ago. <laughs> oh. I should probably replace that because it's like a watch battery it's a in watch there. watch battery, yeah. yeah. I should probably replace mm. that. Yep. Uh, 1977, Animals. Okay. And this is where it kind of really started. Started. This is kind of where it, it ended between Ro- Roger and David. Okay. At, even before The Wall. So it, it, the an, the concept is, is loosely based on Animal Farm. Sure. Right? Uh, George Orwell. Yeah. One of my favorite books ever yeah. of all time. And it's funny that I came to Animal Farm the same time I came to Pink Floyd. And it's one of my favorite books. Just in general, it's one of my mm. favorite books. Uh, it, 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 you see the pig flying over the buildings. Oh yeah, right. I mean that classic very Pink image. Floyd too. Uh, David, or I'm sorry, David. Roger designed that. It's the Battersea Power Station, and then they put the pig over the top of mm-hmm. it. Now, multiple times since then, they've actually flown a pig over the top. Oh yeah, of it. but <laughs> the first time it was just superimposed. Okay. It. So, <laughs> I mean, at the concerts, I know they have like a. Yes. Blow up pig balloon thing that floods around. <laughs> Which is awesome because, so Roger sued David and Pink Floyd after for using the pig. Of course. Right? Yeah. And that was part of but the deal. Should. So David and Nick Mason and Richard Wright put big male genitalia on the pig and then flew it and show and that, oh, okay, that's different. Well, yeah. So there was a big dick and balls on the, on the pig. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's how I think I would have remembered seeing that. I've only ever seen Roger in concert. And so I remember seeing the pig. And the time I saw Roger was after the Bush administration, kind of, it was Uh, during the Obama administration. So it was still before his big poetry phase. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there was all kinds of anti George Bush stuff on it, whatever. Uh, I wrote this down. This is funny. Nick Mason said Roger was in full blown, was full flown. With the ideas, but he was really keeping David down and frustrating him deliberately. Gilmore, distracted with the birth of his first child, contributed the song Dogs, but little else. Similarly, Nick Mason, neither Nick Mason nor Richard Wright contributed much towards animals. Wright had marital problems, and then uh, Roger Waters was also having marital issues Mm. at the same time. This was the first album where they split how they were paid. Oh, okay. So it wasn't even Stevens. No. As much as David... That's another good reason to break up a band. Right. Mm. Money. So David wrote Dogs. Dogs was all first side of of animals. And Roger wrote everything else that was on the second side. So sheep and pigs and Mm -hmm. was on the second side. Roger got more money because he had more songs. Hmm. Dogs was only one song. David didn't get as much money. Sure. Well... It was long. Yeah. Come on. That's how it was. There That's you go. That's how it is. Songwriting yes. is publishing and songwriting rights is where the money is at nowadays. And so then when you go to 1979, the wall is what they call the Roger Waters era. And that oh. was pretty darn good. <sighs> yeah. The wall, yes. As much as I, uh, as much as I'm a David Gilmore guy, I still can't you believe you can't that. argue how good the wall was. Yeah, but there's so much. Roger Waters is very one-dimensional when it comes to a lot of his stuff. If you if you listen to the wall, 
Then you listen to what was the album after that? Um, I didn't even write it down because it really wasn't the final cut. Yeah. That was almost the wall too. Yeah, kind of. And then the pros and cons of hitchhiking, which was his first sen- mm-hmm. his first solo album, and then the one after that with the uh, monkeys on the TV. Oh yeah, what God wants that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's all the same thing. It's all his angst about his dad dying in the war. <laughs> I, that's it. I mean, it's and just one dimensional. A lot of hmm. British music of that time. Ooh. Like the Who, that was a big thing with like yeah. Tommy and the Who. Yep. That's all he yep. is, yeah. And, and, but that doesn't take anything away from what the Wall was. So another band that I love, the Baseline. <laughs> the Who, well, yeah, the Who, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Wall was first a forty-page script by Bob Ezrin uh, about the story of Pink, a uh, a character that was kind of loosely based on Roger's experiences as a kid, that his dealing with his dad dying in the war. Uh, Pink would become a drug-laden, uh, depressed, uh, uh, World War II kind of, you know, degenerate. Like, sure. You know, that, that, that just can't, that could never deal with kind of what happened to his dad, you know, after that. Uh, and then kind of had a lot to do with, with, with Sid and what happened with, you know, with Sid and how they felt about Sid, you know, and his kind of descent into drugs and madness. And I mean, as a band... In the, what, late 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do for somebody who's yep. a schizophrenic drug addict, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? So, like, <laughs> that's, I mean, they probably did better than they could have, I suppose, <laughs> even keeping the band together. Right. Because, like, when you're talking, I mean, the early Pink Floyd stuff, it's kind of like early Fleetwood Mac stuff. Like, it's so different than what yeah. came later, right? Like, when the people that started the band left. Gave the other people freedom to do what they wanted or create how they could. And it's just two separate bands. So I guess I'm, I don't, I don't even know if I've ever heard a Sid Barrett Pink Floyd song. Like, I don't think I have. I tried to go back and listen to Sid. Like, Sid, Sid has a couple of solo albums. Yeah. They tried to make money off of him, obviously. Yeah. It's not the same. No. It's not what you would want. What's interesting about The Wall is, Roger actually screen tested as Pink, and it oh. didn't work. Oh, really? He wanted to be Pink, and it didn't work out. And so they got they wanted Bob Geldof to do it. Oh, yeah, from uh, right, uh, like uh, World Aid. Mm-hmm. Bob Geldof, Live Aid, and, he, and he, yeah, that's it. And yep. he was also in a, another band at that time, but I can't remember the name of the band too. They had a they had one hit song. So Live A, uh, I'm sorry. So Bob Geldof at first said, no, this, this, he read the script. And he's like, this is bollocks. I'm not going to do it. He actually said, this is bollocks. I'm not going to do it. How British. <laughs> right? And then they gave him a big check with lots of comments. He said, I'll do it. I love this script that's now. That's a great script. I am Pink. And so that's how he agreed to do it. Oh. But later played it out for Pink Floyd very well. So Bob Geldof yeah. was the reason why they kind of all got together at the end before uh, before. Nick Mason died. Richard Wright, one of the two. Anyway. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Wright. I think you're right. Keyboard guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a little bit more research, okay. and it involves. 
Okay. Because we're still in real time in this world. Okay. Oh, Christmas present. Oh. A, and this is you, for you. Oh. They're going to pull out a bonus beer. I was a little. No, no bonus beer. <laughs> I was a little this scared. Is a, <laughs> this is a present. Like we need more bonus beers today. It's a right. present for Rich. Can I open it now? Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Because it ties in exactly with what we're going to talk about next. Spoiler alert, it's before Christmas as we're, yes. as we're uh, recording. When I was doing this research, I found this, and I was like, this is actually something Rich would read. Oh, wow. So. Yes. Pink Floyd and philosophy, careful with that axiom, Eugene. Exactly. <laughs> Comes out in 2007 by George A. Reich. And basically what it is, it's like 16 or 17 people write different essays and they talk about things that are related to Pink Floyd songs. So they take like the idea of Pink Floyd and their music and they expound on them in these written essays. Things like in the book, you'll find intellectual property, IP. You'll think like nature of authorship. So like, what does it mean to own something? Uh, and then there's other things like our whole is bigger than the sum of their parts. And so these are all different things that these famous brainiac nerds write about in relation to the Pink Floyd stuff. Yep. So that's what the book's called, but it's almost the name of our beer, <laughs> but it's also kind of, it's businessy, but it's like big ideas sort of, you know, like sort of thing. And I thought like, Oh, this would be a book that rich would probably read. This so, is beautiful. Thank you. So this is, I grabbed it up and I was so happy it showed up at my house on Saturday. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I can, Wrap it up, finally. Chapter four is actually called Pigs Training Dogs to Exploit Sheep, Animals as a Beast Fable Dystopia. There you go. I, I can't wow. wait. I would, you guys, why don't you guys finish this and I will just read. <laughs> just read. So, <laughs> so that's what we got. Man. What was your introduction to Pink Floyd? Like, what was your first, oh, these guys are pretty good, other than like a t-shirt or, oh, you know, man. that sort of I thing. I love this story. Mm. Okay, go ahead. So... For me, what it was is I was in seventh grade and um, I was more into heavier emo, screamo music because seventh grade. Um, That's what was popular then Sure. Too. You know, I'm dark. Oh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to be dark. I want to know emo Dolan. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. <laughs> I think so uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. He was, he was all right. But... uh <laughs> Pink Floyd. So the first introduction I had to him is I had this friend who was really into um, the Alice Cooper show. And okay. Oh, yeah. So I would listen to the Alice Cooper show on radio every every night before I went to bed. I'd turn on the radio and listen to Alice Cooper talk about, I don't know, the bees and whatever else bands he was talking about and, and so on and so forth. Um, he turned me on to the wall, right? He's like, oh yeah, check this out. And I'm at the time my dad was in a band and they had mashed together, um, another brick in a wall and paralyze a paralyzer by finger 11. They, they found out it was in the same key. And so they hmm. wrote this song and it was literally like, I'm not paralyzed. And then it would go another brick in the wall. <laughs> I don't know. It was oh, really wow. cool. Okay. Really cool mashup. Um, they got a lot of uh, drunk people in bars dancing happens, to it yeah. or whatever. The best. It sounds familiar. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both songs were very, you could sing along with it. Right. So um, 
I was like, yeah, I've heard of Pink Floyd, like you had the one song, you know, Breaking the Wall, whatever. And he's like, oh, have you ever seen the the music video or the movie? It was yeah. the movie. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, it was explicit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, people Especially in junior high. Yeah. Walking mm-hmm. in. Yeah. I was 13 at the time, 12 at the time. And yep. yeah, that'll do it. And watch people walk into a meat grinder yeah. and then a talking vagina mm-hmm. yeah. and all this other stuff. Uh, young Lust and yeah. the hooker. And yeah. yeah. And, and so in my head, I'm like, Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. They animated a talking vagina. Like sure. I'm in, right? And with the other like with the little the dick looking flower going into it. Like yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So twelve year old me is like I mean forty two yeah. year old me is like yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is great. You're not fully understanding what the hell's going on, just mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, these visuals are cool. Yep. Um are cool, quote unquote cool. Um I guess they're oh yeah like now I I look at it as cool but in an art sense then I was just like oh this is cool because I never get to see anything like sure this. yeah 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 you know what I mean um, but that was my introduction to Pink Floyd and then it was just trying to listen to the albums front to back um, yeah because nobody else my age was doing it so yeah that was a kind of a um, my thing like I would, I would try to just listen to him front to back and just be like yeah i've listened to it front to back you don't know anything about pink floyd and it was <laughs> it was more about bragging rights than it was sure. anything else Enjoying because it. yeah yeah because i, I i'm not, i will never claim to be like a huge pink floyd fan by any means but i did take a dive into it because nobody else was and i wanted to be different <laughs> yeah what was uh what was yours i mean probably the first thing was that learning to fly video. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, obviously the dark side, Wizard of Oz, do it at the same time thing. Yep, yep. Did that in college, as you should. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, probably seeing when Roger would go on tour, that sort of, like, you know, later 90s, 20, you know, like 2000, even in the 10s, teens. Yep. Those sort of shows. Um Laser light shows in college and like in the late nineties at the planetarium in Lincoln, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, always enjoy the more popular, you know, radio cuts. Wasn't, wasn't totally into the 22 minute songs as I was to the five mm-hmm. minutes. Sure. Yep. Right. So what about you? I mean, it was the wall. It was all day long. It was the wall. And then it was, and then it was dark side after that. And then it was the Gilmore era after that. You know, it was it was Division Bell, yeah, and uh, and momentary lapse of reason. Yep, you know, before that one. So, I mean, there's probably three or four really good songs off that momentary lapse album. Off off of both of them, and yeah. then if you go 2014, the Endless River, when that yeah, wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It was good. I mean, it was it was just kind of the outtakes from that, and and what Very David's wife, yeah, you know? had had helped with and stuff. So, uh, it, I, I always thought. What if they ever? Because I never got to see them in concert together. Yeah, I, I saw them on TV. Bob Geldof got them sure. back together on TV in eighty. No, I'm sorry, two thousand five. He got them back together for Live Eight, and both Gilmore and Waters acknowledged that they regretted how they acted towards each other oh. through all of it or whatever. But it didn't change him no. going forward. No, actually, wrote this down <laughs> along the way somewhere. Uh, they asked Nick Mason later, and Nick actually said, "No, they still don't get along." 
Yeah, they, that's they, true. They still don't like I each would, other. I would agree. Wow. Or whatever. Yeah, after all this time and after just the amazing music that they created together, mm-hmm. they still don't agree. Like they just they're they're opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to everything, and, and they don't agree. That's like um, the Police. You know the band, the Police. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them like each other. I think maybe like two of them like mm-hmm. each other, and then everybody I'm else. I'm guessing the the two don't like Sting. And the other, yeah, that'd be my <laughs> yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but they still get together and do shows for the money. Yeah, yeah. They they literally yeah. have talked about like the the people that set up their stage and their managers and whatever have talked about how they they come together for a show mm-hmm. for a money grab basically is what it is and um they don't talk to each other before they don't talk to each other after but on stage they look like the best of friends i would i i I couldn't even tell you how much money i would give you if i could see roger and david on stage together right now oh yeah that'd be pretty cool with and richard is dead but you have nick mason's there there too Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't be right but at at all no pun intended (laughs) Uh, it, it, it wouldn't be but there was okay so when we went to adopt our son, uh-huh. uh, I had tickets to go see when Roger was touring again with the wall. Yeah. And there was, he had done, and I wrote, I wrote down this part, 2010, uh, Waters and Gilmore performed together at a charity event for the Hope Foundation. The event raised money for Palestinian children, which is one of Roger's kind of things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In return, so the deal was, so... David would per- would perform with Roger for this show for Palestinian children to raise money, okay? The deal was then David would come on stage with Roger at the end for at the end of the, at the wall, okay? Ended up Nick Mason showing up too. Oh, nice. And I had to give my tickets away oh to a person I'm not even going to I'm not even going to say his name out okay. loud. All right. But you know him. Oh, I do. Okay. I had to give my tickets away to him because we because we were going to Moscow and, and to, to adopt our son. Yeah. I couldn't and I thought, "Oh my god, if I miss this?" Yeah. I, I this is this is akin to the birth of a child, right? Yeah. I will be angry for the rest of my life. Luckily, it didn't happen here. Why would it happen in Omaha, Nebraska? Sure. It wouldn't. Right. Right. It happened in England. So David shows up on the top of the wall. And, yeah. and you know to play comfortably numb, and then they show at the end I to mean, play a good, uh, good song outside yeah. the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, but if it had somehow happened here, I would have. <laughs> man, that would have been bad news. It would have been bad. Oh gosh. Yeah. So it, it it just yeah. I I I had a chance when I was in college to go to a uh, Division Bell when Division Bell when they were playing a concert at uh, Arrowhead. In Kansas oh City. yeah, it was like ninety five. I had no. I didn't have the money. I was a college student. Yeah, I didn't have the money to go. So, but that was the last. That was the last time. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did see when David came through. He did uh, all of Dark Side, mm-hmm. which so he started the show with his own stuff, which was fun. And then the second half, after the intermission, after the you know or whatever, was was all he played every song all the way through Dark Side. And it was it was phenomenal. See, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. It was yeah. emotional, like yeah. it really was. Jenny and I were just dating at the time, and she's only seen me cry a few times. And that was one of them. Huh? That was one of them. <laughs> that was one of them. So yeah, hmm. it's fun to have bands that mean that hmm. much to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Some people, I always feel bad for people that like listen to top forty and like 
you know, just pop like that. I don't know how that can connect to you in a way that it's going to make you cry at a concert. Yeah. 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 At, mm. at the very end. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was an emotional experience at the end. So, uh, after 2014, David said he was done. Uh, they asked if he would ever get back together with Roger and Nick and tour again or whatever. And he said, I think we have successfully commandeered the best of what there is. It's a shame, but this is the end. Hmm. And that was it. And that's so. That six, was 2014. That was 2014. So that seven years. Seven years ago. Yep. Yeah, they would have definitely had chances to do it. So, and a lot of money. I, how much money do you want? I would give it to you right now. Yeah. Just to just to see. And they're two. like, man, no thanks. No. We got plenty. They don't have to. They don't have to. No. no. Be nice. Yep. All right, where are we at on Untapped? On Let's this look on Untapped. Oh, because I know this wow. is a series, by the way. This beer. I, I saw another one. There's, Careful with that peach, Eugene. Yeah, yes. I think this is a series that these guys made, or at least did make, because this is now old. But uh, I think this is like their rotating sour series that they had, I, which is interesting because oh, so careful with that peach. Careful with that anise. Oh, that's like black licorice. Wow. Ooh, no, thank you. Yeah. No. Thank I like you. black licorice. Oh, gross. Yeah, no. I would try it. <laughs> Careful with that raspberry. Yeah. They actually list this as a lambic. Uh, I mean, I guess they would know more than we do, but uh, I don't. It doesn't taste like lambic to me. This beer is four years old, right? Two thousand and seventeen. Six hundred and ninety check-ins. That's it. Wow. Very limited. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we should feel cool. About what do you this. think? I'm gonna go four two. Oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, eight, six. Three, nine, four. Oh, That's pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was delicious. I, I'm. This is a four, seven, five for me. Yeah. I loved it. I wish I, there was more. I wish there was more, too. Yeah. I wish it was a magnum bar. Mm. I might even go five. Yeah. Just, just because Ooh. it's super good. Ooh. And it's Pink Super Floyd. good. Mm. And it was Pink Floyd. So I would encourage you just, if you have never listened to Pink Floyd before. Yeah. Throw it. Throw it out the. Throw everything you think out the window, and just go listen. Just listen to. Just turn on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Click on a random album. Yep. Or even just their top ten. Just their top ten. Yeah, yeah and listen yep. to it. It's okay if you start with another brick in the wall. That's fine. If you listen to Comfortably mm-hmm. Numb, that's fine. But then explore the other stuff too, and then go into the go into the David stuff later. It, it, the stuff that David and Nick and and, yeah. and Richard did together. After Roger. I mean, it was more radio stuff, but it was still good. That 80s so stuff. And yeah. Division Bell. Really good. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. This is an awesome, what an awesome way to start this year. Yeah, no doubt. I don't want to eat those words, but <laughs> damn it. I mean, it was just yeah, a good way, to, good way where, to start the year. Where we're going to go from here, I don't know. If Again, I'll put the call out. If you have beers, don't be worried. Don't worry. I mean, you may end up as a, you know, clear out the beer fridge 2021, but send those beers to us, bring them to us. If you try something, if you like something, if it's different, if it's fun, bring it to us. It's got a good story, whatever. We'll definitely talk about it. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.